0: do I know? Welcome to Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick brought to you by Empire Sports Media. Once again, Nick is absent from the show today. He had a men's league basketball game that he couldn't miss so you just got me spend but i'm not alone today i'm joined by senior host for sports illustrated and diehard nets fan robin
1: lundberg robin what's going on brother Yo, what's up with your partner, man? You know, he's he's Kyrie or Harden, in you, Uh not not showing up for the games. So, so my partner is actually my little
0: brother. Okay, and uh, he he doesn't deal with with stress and anxiety well. So this is probably the most stressful time to be a Nets fan. I told him to take take the week off, play some ball, get your head straight. You know, work past the trade deadline, and then you'll come back next week, and
1: we can break down what happened. All right, gotcha. The, the, you're, so you're you're a good teammate and a good big brother. I thought he was just going, you know, uh, do you have any mandates for the show that, that he he is not in compliance with? In all honesty, Robin, my, my brother misses a lot of shows. This I mm-hmm. would be remiss
0: to tell you this is his first. Um, he has a pretty long leash with me. I he gets away with a lot. Let's just say that. But then he gets mad when I don't give him credit for the show. I say it's my show. He goes, Whoa, 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 I'm fifty percent of fireside nets. I'm like, Yeah, bullshit, you take off every other week. So you know, it's it's tough being the big brother. You try to set an example, you try
1: to be nice, but at the end of the day, you get taken advantage of. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, especially like you know, this does feel like more your platform, though. So it is. It I, is. he's not getting quite the, the, the same shine. He's so he's not. I mean, I know it's only two of you, so it's it's not a Katie Harden situation or a, a Katie Kyrie. So, so situation he's more like Joe like, Harris it's this. like
0: Kobe and he's met world piece if we're going yeah. back to the Lakers championship yeah That's know, I, I see fun.
1: that Meta had know. a big shot though
0: he did he's, he was yeah. important to that championship team yeah. all right let's get into some Nets talk they're 29 and 24 they're four and a half back of first place eight straight losses their last win was on January 21st against the Spurs we have no Kevin Durant until the all-star break barely any James Harden as of late and Kyrie only for away games. So, My question, my first question to you is how confident are you that this team can still compete
1: for a championship this season despite everything going on? Well, look, I I think if you're going to answer this honestly, you have to live somewhere between the two extremes, right? And in one extreme, our hair is on fire. We're running around, "Ah, it's all over with, it's all over with, right? On the other extreme is probably where, I was before and, and many fans were before, which is we're unbeatable. Nobody can beat the Nets block, right? It's somewhere between those two extremes right now. Um, a fool, only a fool would say there aren't issues. And and by issues, I, I really mean I'm not even talking about the roster improvements or anything like that. I'm talking about with the superstars um, and the fact that, that both James Harden and Kyrie Irving have let Kevin Durant down. Uh, Kyrie Irving has done so by going AWOL last year, into the thing this year. Um, and let, let's be real about it. And I, and I think, by the way, um, one, I'm hopeful that the mandate changes by playoff time. Uh, and I don't think it makes any sense. But regardless, it's Kyrie's decision to be in the spot he's in. And that is what's set off the chain of events that have happened since. Then there is James Harden, who he had me fooled last year. Because he came here and he was hooping, which I knew he could do. And he was also leading. And, you know, he has every right to be frustrated with Kyrie. But KD getting hurt for a few weeks, them's just the breaks. And Harden has kind of revealed himself in a certain way in the midst of all this. So both those guys have let KD down. I think some of these leaks you've seen are KD kind of trying to put out there, it's time to get serious. Now, maybe he's coddled Kyrie a little bit too much and he he should have taken a harder attack there. I don't know. So there's real issues. There's real drama behind the scenes. We may see a James Harden trade this week. I think it is a guarantee we're going to see some trades from the team in general. So no one would say there aren't issues. With that said, I believe the Nets are still the betting favorites to win the NBA championship. I believe that Kevin Durant will come back from injury and play again for the team. I believe that at least... One of Kyrie Irving or James Harden, if not both, will still be on the roster. And if one is not on the roster, there will be those who come back in that deal. So the Nets are absolutely still title contenders. I mean, that, that it's an NBA problem that a team can lose. What have they lost? Eight games in a row? Eight straight? Eight straight games, and it not end their season, <laughs> you know, or come close to ending their season. That should almost be a season-ending blow. But I, I, I don't care about the record right now. I'm not really worried about the record. I'm not worried about the play in tournament. If the Nets first of all, if KD comes back and and they they are retooled out of the break, they're not gonna be in the play in tournament. But if they are, I'm not worried about them losing in the play in tournament if they've got the guys that they, you know, they're supposed to have. So I, I think it's somewhere between the the two extremes right now. You have to remember that it's February. You have to remember who is still employed by the organization, um, while also acknowledging that things are not well at the moment. Yeah, I, I think that's safe to
0: say. I mean, we suck right now. We don't have our best player. Our best player got us to the, the number one in the East for weeks. I mean, the Nets were number one for, for a few few weeks, and then he goes down, all of a sudden you fall to six. So it, it happens. Kevin Durant's still on the team. You're going to get him back eventually. Um, but I'm glad you brought up James Harden because we do have the trade deadline approaching. So what does your gut say? Will James Harden be a net? After Thursday,
1: no. Wow, uh, gut. That, that's my gut based on the fact that all this is out there. Now that that you know, my head says there's still a good chance he's there come Thursday. Here's the thing, um, because none of us have a what what my gut says. What I'm right. guessing. Right. Uh, let me give you what I think about the situation, rather okay. than what I think is going to happen. Um, they cannot allow the James Harden trade to become an abject failure. So no matter what, you know, transpires between now and then, either James Harden needs to be back and playing motivated and committed to the team, or he needs to be dealt. Now, I I suppose you could try and wait to the summer. I just worry about losing leverage. And when a situation is bad, don't, don't allow it to just fester. Um, And there are some plus sides to a deal as well. You know, the the downsides are this. You lose James Harden. You gave up what you gave up for James Harden. Um, James Harden, as of last season, was still a top five player in the NBA. Hasn't played like that this year. Uh, The upsides to a deal are, do you love the idea of signing the current version of James Harden to the biggest extension in NBA history? Or, you know, would you rather have a 25-year-old Ben Simmons and Seth Curry and a first-round pick and then maybe make a second trade involving Nick Claxton and, and other pieces to augment the roster around Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? So to answer that question, I, I
0: don't think that this version of Harden is the version of Harden that we're going to get to finish out his career. I think that he had, uh, you know, not a full off season, So he comes in a little bit out. He had to quote-unquote play his way into shape. That didn't look great. Then he finally sort of gets in shape. He had that stretch against the Lakers and the Clippers where he actually had an amazing... Uh, two games in LA and then since then he's he's had a, a good game here or there but we haven't gotten that elite James Harden as we've seen in the past so this is not his year but would I not want to sign him to the extension I don't know I still think the best of
1: James Harden is in the past but we still have the pretty good yet to come well look I mean it's a it's a quandary I mean it's tough because but there there are there are those concerns, you know, he's, he's right. never been known to be a guy that takes great care of himself necessarily. Um, or he's an eater. Yeah. Well, he's a partier. It seems at least. Yeah. If he's not a partier, he he's gaining weight somehow. And it's, it's not muscle weight. <laughs> so I'm with you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he, he's been flailing for calls. Uh, The effort's been inexcusable. I mean, he's just been out straight dogging it out there and like that's why i said like last year i i thought oh man this guy must have a bad rep because he came over and he was vocal he was playing defense uh he was still playing at a very high level so i don't know if you know not trading him and then the rant coming back reignites that fire or or whatnot but there's clearly like this is not made up there is clearly something going on the the woge piece today was basically a hit piece on harden right. um where and insinuated that he's faking his injury right now, or whatever's going on, um, and that the team is not happy with his motivation. Um, so I, I mean, I can see I'm torn on it, I'm really split like 50 50 because I, I can see a reality where look that to say this hasn't worked isn't really true because we just haven't seen it. I mean, these guys have played right. 16 games together when they've been out there, they would have won the title last year. Right. If the injuries didn't happen, right? Like, it would have worked. They would have won the title. Um, It is what it is. It happened. Now, though, I see, a, you know, I, I can make the case that this team with, with let's say, Ben Simmons playing the five and Kevin Durant playing the four and Seth Curry coming back to help with the, the absence of, of Joe Harris. I'm just using him as an example. You, you bolster up the depth a little bit in another trade. That, that could really work, too. You could pick up the pace. Uh, the, the ball wouldn't be in Harden's hands all the time. Um, so it's a bad spot to be in because of how we got here. Like it's a bad spot given what the Nets traded. And you just don't like that perception out in the universe, you know, that this could happen for the franchise. But it's not that bad a spot from like the biggest 30,000 foot view. When you right. go down and you say, all right, these are these are the pieces you're working with still, and here are your options on the table, where option A is keep James Harden, or option B is trade James Harden for Ben Simmons and more.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Ben Simmons part of it is what I'm not sure of. I don't know if I like the prospect of Simmons playing with KD and Kyrie. And, and I'll tell you this, I don't know if KD wants to play with Ben Simmons. Like, I don't know if that's something that he would be 100% into. That's the other part of it. And, and I guess, follow-up question, does KD have any say in a situation like this? Like, is he talking to Sean Marks at all? Is Sean Marks saying to KD, hey, here's what I'm talking about with, with Daryl Morey and, and the Sixers over there? Or is he just sort of left in the dark? And if they make the trade, he's got to kind of play with whoever they trade for.
1: I don't think he's left in the dark about anything. Um, I think, you know, look, I don't think Kyrie's back if it's not for KD. Right. I, don't, I don't have that on the record. I, I don't know that for a fact. But I do not believe Kyrie's playing half the time if it's not for KD. Um, and you you can make that a critique of KD if you want, who I almost have nothing bad to say about. Like, you know, through all this mess, the, the one thing that is keeping the Nets on the brink of, like, complete disaster is that Kevin Durant signed an extension. And he is, he is locked up. And he's done nothing but hoop. And not complain about it, not complain about the rule changes, not complain about the minutes played, um, not – cause any distractions whatsoever. I mean, he said, let me die out there when it comes to ball. like straight Hooper. Um, but if there's one critique of Kevin Durant, it could be like, you know, he's close to Kyrie in the sense where it then looks like favoritism, um, you know, and and I believe that Kevin Durant had say in Kyrie coming back part time. and And I don't believe that the organization would make a decision as big as trading James Harden without cons at, at without the very least consulting with
0: him. Okay. That part is interesting. Um what would your perfect trade scenario from a realistic standpoint look like with James Harden to the
1: Sixers? I, I basically have said it a couple of times. I think I, I would say the Simmons it, Curry Simmons, Curry in a first. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know now, I'm, I'm trying the, not to I mean you want to keep asking no. for more and more, but I'm trying no. to be realistic on yeah. what no know, I get it. Get, I get it. You get one of the draft picks back that you traded you get Simmons and you get Curry and then like I said I, I would consider then flipping some of the other parts in a separate trade uh, I, I think
0: I think that's fair I think the one thing I don't want to see is is Mark settle for a Danny Green Ben Simmons move because I do not think Danny Green is close to the player that Seth Curry is right now at this point in his career so I don't want to see that I don't want to see us get fleeced and get a half ass Danny Green and a Ben Simmons who let's face it we don't know what he's going to be like he hasn't played basketball in, in however many months
1: yeah, I mean, look, if they're trying to move out of Danny Green or move out of um, Tobias Harris, then you just have to start talking about attaching picks um, right. uh, and and more to incentivize taking that on. But I, it's Ben Simmons plus for me. Right. Let me put it that way, wh- okay. whatever that turns out to be. And then again, like I said, I would consider trading Claxton, maybe pla- packaging Claxton and Harris, uh, depending, um, to you know, and that's the other thing. It's very clear now. Joe Harris is not coming back, or he's coming back in a in an extremely limited capacity. Right. But that's the case. Like we don't have to. You don't need the full report to know that. You know we right. we we've, we've gotten it. He he's been out way longer than he was supposed to be out. They are already saying he needs a second uh, a second surgery. Right. Or a second procedure, which means he needs his ankle rebuilt. Basically. Did that
0: Did that get confirmed? I know that was loaded out there. I didn't know if that got confirmed because he said he. He didn't want to get it in the last press
1: conference. He, he may need, or like they right. said, yeah. but it's, what bad. it's bad. <laughs> what they're hinting at is that he did something to try and fix it. It hasn't worked as well as possible. Okay. And he's going to try and play through that, putting off whatever needs to be done, or he's going to get whatever needs to be done, done now, depending on whether he can play through it. Okay. Final Harden question Assuming Harden doesn't get traded, let's
0: say he remains a net. What kind of James Harden do you see us getting for the second half
1: of the season? Well, the way he's been playing of late is not acceptable. There are certain things, certain aspects are, you, you can't avoid a, You know, if he's declined a little bit, he's declined a little bit that it, them's the breaks is hamstring or whatever, but I want to see him in shape. I want to see him playing with effort. You know, those things he can control. Um, and, again it's so annoying talking about it because you always have to come back to it you always have to come back to the Kyrie thing like I know know. what you have to come back to Kyrie's playing status and if Kyrie's playing you know James Harden can play the facilitator role he can he can be the facilitator for the team who chips in on the scoring it's crazy as it sounds chips in on the scoring but they have the two best scorers in the world maybe in Durant and Irving and if he plays good defense, you know, and and is committed and, and has the right mind state and and is giving you twenty two nine and eight or whatever with decent efficiency, that's fine if if Irving is playing. But that that part needs to be solved regardless of whether Harden's there or not is, is Kyrie's status too. So it's twofold. It's with both of those guys. There's a problem with both of those guys.
0: Yeah. And whenever Kyrie Irving speaks to the media, he sounds optimistic. Like he's going to play in home games. He goes, "Yeah, I'll, I'll hold out hope." I, I you know, I, is there anything that we're hearing? I mean, you mentioned the mandate changing before the playoffs. Why does he sound sort of optimistic when they ask him these questions?
1: Well, uh, I mean, if you saw New Jersey today announce that they're going to end ma- mandates for masks for kids in school in March, okay, okay. Um, that has nothing to do with Kyrie, but it's a sign. You know, like some of these things are going to start coming down, and I believe. Let me reference it. Um, the mandate that requires a proof of vaccination status at indoor businesses is set to expire on February 10th in New York. Wow. So some okay. of these things, they're not like in forever. they right. They have these expiration dates. And I think when they hit the expiration date, the mood of the people, and this is beside the point because Kyrie could have gotten vaccinated a long time ago, been done with it. It's not the first issue with Kyrie. That's part of what makes me more irritated about it than anything else. It's not whether he's vaccinated. I don't care. I really, I honestly don't care whether he has vaccine. (laughs) You know, either the vaccine works or it doesn't. I got three of the things. Once I happen, I'm not freaking worried about what you're doing. I get Uh, it. I get it. And so, and by the way, Kyrie just had COVID. So if we're trusting the science, he should have a level of, the whole thing makes no sense. My issue (laughs) with Kyrie is that, this is not the only thing. It was if it wasn't this, it's something else. It feels like what happened last year, but he could have ended it. He could be there, all that. But it does seem like the mood of the public, and this is now beyond any political divide. This is, I think, across the aisles. You know, some people have been more like, "Take your mask off and throw in the garbage," and uh, others, you know, for a while, were like, "You, you cannot. You must think of everyone else." You know, all you know. But I think for the rational amongst us that, uh, you know, 70, let's say like 70% of us, whatever it is, 65, 70% of us are now kind of at least in the same ballpark where we're, we're thinking this thing is here, you know, clearly we're not eradicating it. Right. Clearly it's, it's not, you know, there's nothing we can do to make it completely disappear. Luckily, fortunately, it seems as if the severity of it has waned as more people have been vaccinated uh more people have immunity uh the strains mutate whatever they do the science stuff right and i think most people now agree it's time to live with it the best we can and and go forward you know we can't hide forever and with that comes the the logic that therefore why are we then going to you know hold some of these hardline stances in place so i think with that mood shift you will start to see some of those harder stances fall uh and remember it is february i have to keep reminding myself february <laughs> what did the playoffs start mark two months or so right
0: we, we got about 60 days for something to change and you're saying the way it's trending it looks well, like everything's getting it's better, better. Right, right cases
1: are going to continue to go down i think it is moving in that I'm, i i don't know for sure that that's going to happen but i see some of these expire again like they're making those you know remember last year when they told everybody you didn't have to wear masks anymore Right. Uh, and then everybody's like, oh! Yeah. Like, I, I, I think we see that without it being a pump fake uh, this time around. All right, that's fair. I mean, look, I think every single
0: Nets fan has been praying the entire season that Kyrie Irvin will eventually be allowed to play home games. And if he isn't, I mean, let's face it, he handicapped the Brooklyn Nets in a year that they would have won a championship at full strength with him at home, with Harden actually giving a shit but the fact that he was only able to play away games, he wasn't able to play home games. You know, you look into the playoffs that that's, that's not something that you know, Nets fans are going to go to games one or two, three and four, whatever the case may be. And they're not going to get to watch one of the star players on the team. I always thought from a logic perspective, if you're Kyrie, how can you mentally want to only play in front of away team fans? You're going to constantly get booed everywhere you go. You're not going to get any, any cheer, any applause. So, the whole situation just bothers me. I, I've lost faith that we're going to see him play home games this season, but I, I hope what you're saying is accurate. I hope that, you know, hopefully New York City sort of gets it and they, and they change this silly rule because let's face it, at the end of the day, w- w- whichever side of the fence you're on, if an unvaccinated player can come into Brooklyn for the away team and play, but the guy on our team can't, the rule doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of reasons to rule them. I mean, that's one of them, right? Like, <laughs> that's my favorite one. There are other cities with athlete exemptions. Like I said before, are, there's no accounting for the fact that, you know, I, I, don't, even, I don't even know if he – I think he could take the vex- vaccine now, but I, I think it would be recommended against taking the vaccine so soon out of getting COVID, right? Like right. that is that is a thing. Like right. for us who say and, – and like I said, I'm triple that. Like for, for, here, triple for people who are science, Pete, who say believe in the science, trust the science. Part of the science is natural immunity from COVID as well. Right. You know, it's the, the vaccine is the preferable method for most because it means you know less likely if you get COVID, it, it, you know, it hurts you or, or even you know in, uh, decreases your risk of catching in the first place. But once you do have it, and we're now at a, you know, we're now at a, we're, we're getting close to one hundred percent of the population either being vaccinated or having contracted COVID. Now, that last natural immunity doesn't last forever, but that's how you get to endemic. That's how you get to treating it like you would any other illness, where if you're sick, stay home. And if you're not, you know, this guy's been getting tested every day on a team where the entire team has been vaccinated and basically had COVID already. It it just, there's no, there's no logical safety reason for it to, still be in place. It just right. it's just performative at this point.
0: I i get it. I get it. Uh my final question in regards to the trade deadline. Is there any other player or team, not Philadelphia, that you'd like to see Sean Marks make a move for that would make sense? Are there any names you're hearing that are getting floated out there for the Brooklyn Nets? I mean I saw the Jeremy Grant
1: thing earlier today. I don't think that's who they land. I, I have to you know like I was saying uh I, I think a couple things you want to look for on the team and and you know, uh, whether that be a stretch five that can play the the uh, Jeff Green role from last year at times, that's something they haven't exactly replicated. I think um, a, a, a two way wing is another thing that them and and everybody else is going to be out on the lookout for. Um, but I, I don't have the the names right off the top of my head that I, that I've been thinking about because it's just been so dominated by the. Right. The James Harden Ben Simmons trade. That's right. you know I do think some of those pieces can come back in that trade, and then like I said, I think you you look and, and try and flip um, some of the rest. I, I think you'll see a, a one way or the other. You're going to see a, a group of new players.
0: I was really hoping for you said a two way player like a Robert Covington type, and then I was pissed when I heard he got traded to the Clippers. Um, but but a player like that, I mean, you know, Sean Marks signed. DeAndre Bembry, Bruce Brown, James Johnson, and they all kind of do the same thing. They're all glue guys who are hustle players who can play a decent defense, who are pretty limited offensively. Yeah, and you, you combine that with the fact that Blake Griffin's been up or down, up and down this year. Javon Carter is terrible. We'll, we'll get to uh, we'll get to him in a bit. I have a list of breaking down players, but he, he's he's almost unplayable at this point. Um, and you just have outside of Patty Mills and and with the injury to Joe Harris. You don't have anybody that can shoot the three-point bo- three shot that well.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're right, and that's been an issue, uh, the spacing. It's also been a function of who's been hurt. I right. mean, right. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving not playing for much of the season, playing half the time, Harden being in and out of lineup, and Joe Harris, that's a lot of freaking shooting. It is. It is. <laughs> I mean, I mean. You so know, know. I think that yeah. roster was initially constructed with that in mind. That, that you know, and Patty Mills, by the way, is a, is a good shooter. That's five. Right. He's the one guy that that's yeah. Been that's so he's been the one reliable shooter all year. So that's like five plus shooters. uh They just back end of the bench. They didn't have shooting, and and that's something they you know depth of shooting um is something they have to address, especially in light of the Harris situation. But I, I do think you know injury. You take away most teams, almost oh, team in history. You right. take away. F- four of their top guys for a chunk right. of the season it's gonna hurt no i i get that i just i look at the way
0: like the heat were constructed with lebron d wade and bosh where you had guys like mike miller shane battier ray allen I, I mean these were guys that could come in and hit big shots all right we have patty mills the fact that you don't have joe harris that was a need right away right when, when joe harris got hurt having three-point shooting was a need and i understand james harding kyrie and kd are all Great shooters in their in their own respect, although Harden's been pretty inconsistent from three this year. I, I still would have liked Marks when we were given out those 10 days, you know, to, to give a guy with a three-point shot a chance. I'm glad that Kessler Edwards has kind of emerged out of these rookies as the one guy who who's a catch and shoot three-point player. Like he can hit that that shot in the baseline. But I don't know. I, I'd like to see, you know, Robert Covington's gone. I'm trying to think who else. If you can give up nothing and get Danny Green, like I, I would love to add a guy like that to the roster for the right value, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm at the point where you're not really playing Bruce Brown. James Johnson is, is in the Javon Carter territory for me with his play lately. And, and DeAndre Bembry serves his purpose, but he's still not a three point shooter. So I look they're at redundant you know. too. I mean, you're right. right. You're not right. wrong.
1: You're, they're redundant. And, and, and that's going to be, but I, that's all going to be addressed. I think, yeah. um, you know, come up. This is not the, the team. The Nets need a, like a fresh restart out of the all-star break. We're going to see what they look like. The rest of that's what, you know, it's ugly right now, um, but some of these guys are, and that's part of the reason they're probably. I mean, a couple of reasons they're not playing well right now. One is the drama around the team. Sure. Two well, is the team that's on the floor is not good. Right. right. <laughs> and let's, let's, is, let's not forget about Lamarcus Aldridge. By the way, has not played the last few games. He's been a yeah. very reliable scorer for the Nets off the bench. And, and Claxton yeah. hasn't played much of this time right. either. I mean, you're, right. like you're, you're really talking about five of their key guys, right? Um, and then the last time is you know. These guys know what's up. So Good. there's a bunch of guys who are playing or, or around the team right now who don't know if they're going to be here um, beyond Thursday. So that's just a human nature thing that's going to have an impact. So we'll see what happens with the trade deadline. We'll see what happens with Durant gets back and the Nets get judged as a product again after the All-Star break. I think that's fair. Uh,
0: I wanted to do a quick segment. It's called breaking down everybody who's not on the big three. So I basically made these categories and and I want you to tell me if I'm off or spot on with these categories. You ready? Okay. We'll start with playing well, Blake Griffin, Cam Thomas,
1: and Kessler Edwards. Uh, Yeah. I mean, for the first two, especially of late, I mean, I like Kessler Edwards and I like uh, what he can possibly bring as a a shooter defender. He's tailed off a little bit as he's been, taken a bigger role uh, probably more than you know is fair for him right now but overall I agree with that assessment Blake Griffin is playing well uh, you know in this recent stretch he you know may have earned that starting center job back in fact he's one of the few guys that is at least playing with effort and heart Um, and Cam Thomas has uh, you know we always knew he had a little bit of a a scoring punch but it looks like he's gotten better and 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 more uh, polished as the season more confident as the season has gone along to the point where I, you know, you start thinking, okay, can he be a rotation player in the playoffs
0: Um, doing their jobs? I have Patty Mills and Deandre Bembry. I think those guys have done their jobs all season.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I would put Patty Mills in the playing well category too, even if he's had ebbs and flow, but I think Patty, you know, Patty Mills has had a good season. Um, You know, he's just been tasked with doing a lot, but yes, doing his job for sure. His job description changes on a night to night basis, um, depending on who's in the lineup versus who isn't. And, and Bembry, that's fair. Um, you know, like you mentioned, he's limited offensively. But of those redundant pieces, of the, I guess we'll call it the the three headed monster of right. Bembry, uh, Johnson, and Brown, he he's been the best of those three.
0: All right, I got a good and bad category, and that's Nick Claxton and Bruce Brown. Yeah, both of the. I mean, Bruce Brown. He I'll tell well, you that he he had a great first half against the. Um, what did they beat him by thirty the other night? Was the it Nuggets. Good? The Nuggets, why he didn't play in that second half, I I didn't understand that
1: move by Nash. Yeah, I I didn't really understand it either. I just don't – I haven't been getting so worked up about like – Yeah, it's fair. I'm I'm pretty numb to it, though. I've kind of removed myself (laughs) from the day-to-day in-game right now because I do know what I just said before is true. So, like, I'm not going to waste my energy getting too upset about Bruce Brown not playing in the second half. But um, Bruce Brown has had – you know, he had a great year last year and, and he brought something to the team. As a starter, especially next to those guys, but uh, he has not been the you know the same level of player. He plays well off Kyrie, you know. He he still can sometimes bring you a different sort of look at that screen, that roll, the little floater. But uh, overall, has not been a a great player this year. Claxton, he's frustrating because um, he's he showed those flashes and, and even this year at a stretch. But I, I I'm almost done with him um, to the point where it's like all right you're either inconsistent or you're injured uh, and you're kind of limited overall where it might not be it. That's why I keep bringing him up as, a, you know, if he has some value around the league as possibly a, a piece to, to, to flip. What was
0: crazy about Claxton was, you know, he hasn't played a ton of games in the two, three years he's been with the team, but he's played enough. And I think his career high going into this year was 19 and he just surpassed it. Like the other night, um, I think it was the Kings game where he had – I think he had 23 or, or 25, 26, something around that 23 points number. Um, but when they gave Dayron Sharp some time, he like immediately surpassed Claxton's season high in mm-hmm. a in a competitive game too. I think that was a game where Harden was was dishing it. And uh, I just looked at it and said if Sharp gets in and, and scores like 20-plus in his third or fourth game, how can you justify waiting three
1: years for Nick Claxton? Yeah, I mean, and, and the problem – like Sharp did well because he came in and – um Played he, off Harden if you play off Harden is a center you are going to Sharp is incredibly limited too so right. you know that's not going to be a long term fix I don't I don't know if they have you know if Simmons is coming back I'm 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 not joking he's the he's you want a, him to be the five he's the five yeah in right okay. um but right now their five positions a little rough uh Blake um LaMarcus but LaMarcus can only is is very matchup specific I want to see KD at the five some if you know the roster if, if they don't add that player there but i i, I think KD can play in some lineups at, at the five but claxton had the he had the chance to be that answer and i i kind of think he he fumbled it all right
0: two more categories we have the get off the roster category that's javon carter and james johnson any
1: argument here no i i i feel bad because i don't have any personal animus for carter but he's a bum so yeah, yeah it, it's just yeah Call, call it how it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No value add there whatsoever. And Johnson, there was a couple games maybe where you're like, oh, could he? Could he help them as like that big guy who can put, you know, switch and do all that? But there's a reason he's bounced around, and yeah, he's he's an he- end of the. He's an end of the bench guy. He's he's Jekyll and Hyde and he's Hyde a lot more than he's Jekyll. Let's just
0: be real, talking about James Johnson. And then finally need to get healthy category. That's Lamarcus Aldridge and Joe Harris. Somehow those guys got to get healthy. Like we both assume Joe Harris is probably done for the rest of the season. But if you can get Aldridge back before All-Star game, at least give this Nets team a, a player to work the offense around. You know, he plays great with Patty Mills. Um the Nets are really missing him in this
1: stretch. Well, I mean, especially because they're down so many guys otherwise. Uh, right. So, you know, yeah, I think Aldridge, like I said, I think he's matchup specific. I don't think, you know, you can rely on him necessarily in the playoffs against certain teams. But in the, the grips of the regular season and in certain playoff series, like in against Philly, for instance, um, you can use him as a big body and, and and you can facilitate offense through him with the second unit. It gives you a different look offensively a, as well. Uh, yeah, Harris I just... It's hard for me at this point to I, – I, I'll, I'll be pleasantly surprised, let me put it that way, if he's back and, and helping the team this year. I'm with you.
0: I hate to toot my own horn, but this offseason, this past offseason, I said that LaMarcus Aldridge was the most important player the Nets brought in uh, to play with the big three. You can argue it's been Patty Mills or him, but I, I think he's been up there. Um, all right. Before we get to our rapid fire to end out the podcast, we did get a question. Uh, he asked if if we both think the trade gets done. I know you gave your answer in the, in the beginning of the episode. Your gut says it's pro- it probably gets done. Um, I would think that Harden remains a net. I don't think that Marks is going to get a deal he likes enough to pull the trigger. And I think also he's got Katie's opinion in the back of his mind. If Marks somehow breaks up the big three. Before letting them at least have a shot to win a championship together, I don't think that's going to resonate well with KD. I, I think, you know, I understand he, he's under contract, but uh, if you get rid of Harden and somehow you lose Kyrie this offseason, I'm not sure KD wants to stay here and and start a new organization with Ben Simmons. So that's my thought. I know Robin mentioned, you know, you know, in the beginning of the, the show that he thinks the deal gets done. To, to answer your question,
1: well, KD is also um he's he's been highly complimentary of Simmons in the past. Uh, I, I the, the the best answer though is back to what we said before. KD signing a long-term extension has uh you know put off what could be you know you could be looking at what the Nets went through all over again. Right? Like the 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 Pierce Garnett uh, Darren Williams era rebuild with nothing to rebuild with. But <laughs> the fact that they still have Kevin Durant, I just you know if, if James Harden can come back committed, of course, uh my fear is just what they gave up for him, not recouping on that. So if I have a if I really believe he might not be here, good for them they don't there's not really teams with cap space that can sign him, like good teams right. with cap space. Um so it gives them maybe a little bit more um comfort in in being taking the risky move. But if the you know ability to recoup on that trade is in front of you and you don't take it, that's what you could regret.
0: All right, we've arrived at the end of the episode. I got an excellent Nets rapid fire for you. Ten questions. Give me your first thought that comes to your head. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right, Harden or Kyrie, more important for the Nets? Kyrie. Okay, better three-point shooter when healthy, Joe Harris or Patty Mills? Patty Mills. Trust him more to knock down the big buckets. Who does Kessler Edwards' game remind you of? It's a tough one right there.
1: Yeah, Jeremy Lamb. I like that comparison.
0: I would say maybe Shane Battier if he can get really good on defense. Uh, number four, best NBA Nets team of all time. And I said NBA because I, I do not want an ABA. They won the championship with Julius Irving. I, I get all that. NBA Nets team of all time. What year? Last year's team. Last year's team. There you go. That's the right answer. <laughs> who will a net – Who? which net will surprise people in the playoffs because they're actually going to step up
1: to the plate and play well? I'm trying to think if this person is on the roster yet. That's, <laughs> I mean I would say Patty Mills is gonna be the one that's gonna anger people you know okay. like because he's gonna hit those shots but we we just talked about Patty Mills I'm trying to uh cam Thomas cam well, Thomas I like, like, I like that. Pick. you know in if he gets spot minutes more important
0: to the net success down the stretch Lamarcus Aldridge or Blake Griffin Blake wow okay I'd probably go Lamarcus in that one number I seven think playable against more teams that's fair. Best Nets rookie this season has been? Thomas overall. All
1: right, Cam Thomas. I was going to say Edwards, but uh, it's starting to trend back the other way.
0: Number eight, have we seen the lowest point of the season so far, or has that yet to come? We've seen the lowest point. I hope you're right, Robin. Uh, number nine, Steve Nash is a blank coach. Calm. <laughs> That's such a nice <laughs> way to put it. And then I hate that about him, too. Um, number 10, if you can go back in time, would you keep Allen and Lavert, even knowing we get into this predicament with Harden, but not knowing what's what happens before the trade deadline and the rest of the season? Would you still make that trade? Yes, yeah, maybe too probably. All right, that does it. That was a good rapid fire, right? That was pretty yeah, good. That was good. Yeah, good questions. Very interesting. All right, Robin, thank you so much for coming on the show. I had a blast. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter? Yeah. Um. At,
1: at Robin Lundberg, R-O-B-I-N-L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G. Uh. Check out. We launched a new show at uh, SI today called SI Feed. Check that out on my Twitter feed. Uh. Make sure you go to Sports Illustrated on YouTube. Subscribe and and watch uh, those videos. And you know more stuff to come. But that's the thing that dropped today. So that's what I'll plug. No hell yeah. Did you have a you have a good time coming on the show? Of course, Ben. I mean, look. I you know I I have uh things to say about the Nets and um I, I don't deal well with uh. Not being comfortable and this disarray and drama and all that stuff. So I you know I, I hope I help others with my because I don't think I'm you know crazy uh, drinking Kool Aid optimistic either. I think I'm I'm rational. About. I thought you were pretty oh, rational. Look,
0: there's a reason Nick didn't come on the show today. He doesn't handle the stress and anxiety surrounding the team well, so he bounced. And also, he he's never someone to inspire positiveness when it comes to the Nets. He just comes on the show, he shits on Kyrie Irving, he says James Harden is a bum, and he's pretty much the Grinch of of you know this podcast. So I was actually happy that he didn't show
1: up tonight. <laughs> there you go. Well, um, you know the did the, the Grinch ever? St- what happened at the end of the Grinch? What 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 happened? I don't remember. It's been a while since I've seen the flick. (laughs) I feel like everything was good in Whoville, so hopefully that's the case. There you
0: go. Maybe Whoville is Brooklyn. Robin Lundberg, thank you for coming on. Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. And as always, catch you on the fireside.